Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. And we are starting our week with a full relationship series. Last week, we talked a lot about relationship with God, self, and others, connecting what that's, what that's really about. We kind of set a foundation for it. And this week, we're going to really do assessment. And we're going to look at how to actually strengthen those relationships with others, whether that be partners, spouses, work relationships, friends, family, children, whatever that may be. And so I want to start today with certainly reminding you to make sure you go to the website and check out um, the podcast so that you can hear them in entirety. You can also then listen to them and take notes if you need to take notes because I want to start the show today with some really powerful questions that cause us to really assess our relationships. So I want you to think about the question, what what is your definition of relationship? How would you define that? Because that that is a really important idea for you to be considering. What what does relationship actually mean to me? What do I think that is? Then I want you to ask yourself, what's the definition of intimacy? And last week, we gave that definition of, you know, intimacy is the joyful union of two people who know each other, are known by each other, and know themselves, and are able to share themselves with another person. So what is your definition of intimacy? What does that look like? And then I want you to ask yourself, how would you rate your current relationships? All the way across the board, how would you rate those relationships in terms of fulfillment, how successful they are, is how painful they may be, how much you enjoy them, how much effort you put into it, or how much effort they require? So I want you to really think about all those different places that you have relationship and ask yourself, are they fulfilling? Do I think they're successful? Is there, are they painful? Do I enjoy them? How much effort does any one person require? And, and add more to that if you can think of more. That, that, it's a really important process to look at your relationships because relationships are either, you know, they either produce strength and encouragement and give us hope for our future or relationships steal from us. So we want to be very careful about assessing our relationships because we have limited time, we have limited energy, we have limited capacity. So we don't want to squander what we have on relationships that are extremely unhealthy and don't seem to be turning around. So many times in families, if those relationships really require a lot of effort, take a lot out of us, leave us with a residual bad feeling. 
It doesn't mean we don't do relationship, but we might want to manage our expectations. And we might want to recognize that I need to accept this person for who they are. And, And they're probably giving me the best they have. And if that's the best they have, then I need to accept it, not judge it, and determine how much of my heart I'm going to give. How, how, um, how, how much am I going to reveal? How much effort am I going to put into it? So that you don't end up having unnecessary negative feelings and then need to practice forgiveness on an ongoing basis. Because many times when we're trying to do relationship with people that aren't, aren't as healthy as we would prefer, and we try to be too close to them, we have to forgive them all the time. If we step back a little bit and say, you know, maybe I need to put a little bit more space here so that I can continue to have more positive feelings about them and I can continue to be more accepting of them. So it's kind of like that idea of, you know, you drop a rock in a pond and there's all those ripples. And some people I put on ripple number three because I really would like them to be there, but Maybe they're not healthy enough to be there, so I might have to move them out a little bit. Some people are on ripple 10, some are on 20, some are on 40, in order for me to have the right heart when I'm interacting with them. So how would you rate all your current relationships? Now, do you have, a, do you have relationships that you would consider successful? And if they are successful, Ask yourself why. What, what is happening in that relationship that's making it successful? What is that person bringing? And what am I bringing to the relationship that's making it successful? And so we talked last week about that idea of my relationship with God is going to tremendously help my relationship with others. And my relationship with myself, if that's healthy, will tremendously increase the relationship I have with others. I, have, I know this because I, I practice this on an ongoing basis. And many times I've recognized that I have a tendency to get a better version of a person because of the way I relate to them. And I, I tell clients all the time, I say, you know, you don't want to be a walking piece of Velcro and snag on everything. You want to smooth it down so you're not so affected So you're not so enraged, you're not so outraged, and you're not complicating the relationship. So you want to ask yourself, if this this relationship is successful, what is happening in it that causes that success? What am I doing? What are they doing? And then you want to ask yourself, is there anything that I am doing to prevent closeness? And if so, why am I doing that? Am I too afraid to be close? Have I gotten hurt too many times? So I guard my heart, I protect it in an unhealthy manner. Do I have unrealistic expectations? So when I start to move close to somebody, I get so easily disappointed that I move away. Have I made vows that say, you know, I'm never doing relationship again. I'm never gonna be close to somebody again. I'm never gonna give my heart to another person. So what am I doing to prevent closeness? Am I struggling with, with self-medicating behaviors? Addictions always make it more difficult to, to have the intimacy that we want. And so there's a reason for the self-medicating behavior. What is it doing? How is it? It's a false protection in many ways. So what, what might I be doing? Am I too busy? 
Am I performance oriented? And we've talked about that, that all of my good feelings come from how well I perform. And if I have any codependent behaviors, then I need you to be a certain way in order for me to be okay. And if you're not okay, then I'm not okay. Well, that inhibits healthy closeness. How about this? Am I wanting and needing intimacy, but I'm getting less? I'm getting less and less intimacy, intimacy and I'm wanting more of it. Why would that be happening? That would be really important to say, why am I desiring it and I can't seem to achieve it? Can't seem to get it. What am I doing to get in my own way? Am I needy? Am I showing up in the relationship with the inner child part of me, hoping that, that they're going to take care of that and I'm going to get all my good feelings from them? So what might I be doing to not get the intimacy that I desire? And then this is very important. What feedback do I get from others about being in relationship with me? And if I don't get any feedback at all, why would that be? Why do, why do I not get any feedback? And if it's negative, am I resisting it? Am I talking them out of it? Do I get mad at them for telling me? What information do I get? What feedback do I get about being with me? Am I willing to accept their feedback as valid? And one of the ways we know that, that the feedback is most likely valid is if I hear it from several sources. So if I only hear it from one person and I don't hear it from anybody else, then it might be that that person is struggling with intimacy, that person is struggling. And they may be projecting things on me, having unrealistic expectations of me, misperceiving, misunderstanding, whatever that may be. But if you're getting feedback from multiple places, it's most likely true. And then we want to ask ourselves, am I talking to God about my relationships? Am I asking him for feedback? Am I asking God to give me understanding, information, so that I can improve my relationship with his people? Am I willing to hear what God reveals to me about me and about what needs to change? Am I listening to the enemy? Am I listening to condemnation and judgment? And then you want to ask yourself again, how would I rate my relationship with myself and with God? Because that will directly affect the relationship I have with others. So when we're talking to God about our relationships, some ideas for consideration to, to help us grow is I, I need to say to myself, do I trust God with my relationships? Or am I trying to control them myself? Am I choosing certain people and then hoping God endorses it and hoping God goes along with it? Am I being the person that God is asking me to be in relationship? Do I trust God with those really significant relationships I have? And do I trust that God is going to do the good work in me? Do I trust the fact I don't have to be perfect? Do I trust the fact that I'm a lovable person even if I don't always act lovable? Do I trust what God says about me? 
Do I believe that I need relationship with people in order to honor God and grow in relationship with him? Do I believe that? And that's what we talked about last Friday is why does God actually want us in relationship? And I gave you all those great Bible verses. And so do I believe that? That I really need relationship with people? Because that's how I honor the Lord is interacting with his people, loving his people, being a part of the change in their life. And so we really want to ask God, you know, where, 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 God, are you asking me to grow and to change and repent in my relationships? Where are the areas that I need to change? Am I really willing to trust that God's going to tell me and that he's going to help me? Because he wants his people in relationship. And he wants to be in relationship with us. So I want to give you some verses again about why God wants us in relationship. And we have that one we talked about a little bit on Friday, John 15, chapter, one and, uh, chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. And it says, I am the true vine, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it's even more fruitful. That's what happens when we're in relationship with others, when we're in relationship with God, and we're dealing with ourselves. And we talked about the Proverbs 27, verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And what we want to make sure, when we're really working with God on t- being that truly healthy relater, is that I am sharpening the person versus the iron harming the person. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, I like this one. It says, so let's do it. Let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. I love that. Confident that we're presentable inside and out. That's what God is doing. That's the good work he's doing in us. It says, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keeps us, keep us going. God always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoid worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. <coughs> I, I mean, I love the way, he, I love the way this, this verse is. He always keeps his word, and let's be inventive in ways we can be encouraging and helping out to others and not avoiding others as we look forward to the big day that's coming. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3-7, through this is the NIV. It says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. That is quite a powerful verse about relating. That we relate with God, we receive comfort from God, we give comfort to ourselves, and then we have a ton of comfort to give to others. Because like we said, this, this is a hard world down here. We need comfort. And my, one of my favorite life verses, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. 
and this is the message version. It says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. That's our trust in God. When we're trusting God with ourselves, with our relationships, God says, I have it all planned out. I'm going to take care of you. So if he's going to take care of me, I know he's going to take care of you as well. In Ecclesiastes chapter uh, 4, verse 9, this says, Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. So we know that God wants us in partnership. He knows, he, he, we know he wants us in community. We get so much more accomplished when we are doing things together. And Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 11 and 12 says, Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But, when, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. That's the triune again. It's the me, myself, and I. It's Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God. It's me and you in relationship with each other and with God. That is very powerful, and the enemy knows it. This is why the enemy is always trying to drive people apart. He's always trying to undo relationship. And so Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 18, and Psalms chapter 68, verse 6 says, I love this one. This is one of my absolute favorite verses. He says, God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. God puts the lonely in families. So I want to encourage you, if you are alone, if you are craving relationship, this is where we say, I put my trust in God. He says he's going to put the lonely in families. So if I'm in a desert time, then maybe God is preparing me to be able to recognize that family he's going to give me. And it may just be a community of people. It may actually be a partner and children. Who knows what that would be? But what we want to do is we want to say, if I'm in a desert time and I'm lonely and I'm lacking relationship or the relationships I have have no intimacy, I'm going to put my trust in God. And he says he puts the lonely in families. And so we don't want to qualify that. We don't want to tell God what the family is going to look like. What we do want to do is trust that he's going to do that for us. And he's going to do that by changing us and causing us to be healthy, relating people. How about Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 41? This is the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. This is a very powerful verse to know. So when we are trusting God, we can know that we can trust Jesus. We can trust God because Jesus knows what it feels like to be overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death and to want people around you. He wanted people around him and he was God. He was God in the flesh and still wanted humans around him. So this is, not, this is not a craving that we are ever going to get rid of. So we don't want to be rebellious and say to God, I refuse to do relationship anymore. They've hurt me too much. I don't like people. I'm not doing it. 
Because God wants us to be the people that he has created us to be, which will then cause others to be closer to who they're supposed to be, which makes us have much more relationship, much more intimacy, and that causes us to be better able to fight against the evil one who is always against our soul. So Romans chapter 5, verse 1, this is about peace and hope. And he says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God, our Lord Jesus Christ. So that peace with God through Jesus has nothing to do with us being perfect. It has everything to do with us accepting the fact that he's forgiven us, that he knows everything about us, and he knows to the very last day we're here on the planet, he knows every single thing we're going to do wrong, every thought, every word, every deed. And he says, I've justified you. You are justified through your faith that when you believe that I love you, that's when we have peace. And James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins one to another. Pray for each other so you may be healed, because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I love that verse. When we have healthy intimacy, deep intimacy, we are safe enough to confess our sins to one another. And in that confession process, they pray for us and we are healed. That's what Jesus is wanting. That's what God is wanting for all of us to have. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, Don't give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage each other. And that's a, that, that's a repeat from the one when I read it to you in the message, the message version. So God is really commanding us. He says, don't give up meeting together. Don't isolate. And we have that problem now in our culture. It's so easy for us to isolate, to just do technology, to watch TV, to go into our house, to not talk with people, even to not talk with people that we live with. And so God is saying, don't give up that. Don't give that up. Don't give it up, as some are in the habit of doing. But pray for each other, encourage each other, confess to one another, and in that way we are healed. So I hope this was encouraging for you today. It's always encouraging for me when I read these verses. I, they, I, I love the fact that we get to really know God's heart and, and the mission that he has for humans to be in unity to be one body, one soul, one mind, to be that bride for Christ. And he's doing that through us individually and with each other, through him, and then in community. So I don't want you to lose heart because relationships are hard. I've dedicated my entire life, my profession, to relationships because they are difficult, they are complicated and complex. So when we look at you relating with you, you relating with God, and then relating with others, you will find that it works better, it works easier, and you will be a more resilient person with higher tolerance for the imperfections of people, not tolerant of harm and abuse, but tolerant of the growth process that people are in, just as you and I are. So God bless you today. 
Make sure you join in tomorrow and the rest of this week as we talk about relationship problems and how to save a relationship. We're going to talk about how to do that in marriage, friendships. So I think it's going to be extremely helpful. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you want a keynote speaker, you can always contact me through the website. Have a great day. And always, I want to say thank you to my wonderful producer, Jeremy, who I forget to thank because he's so amazing. So thank you, Jeremy. Have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you tomorrow as well. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.